This is day 28 of our daily Bible reading. Today we will read Leviticus chapters 19 through 22 and Psalm 28. Lord God, we exalt your name this morning. We know, Lord, that you are a great God. You are good, you are righteous, you are merciful, you are faithful. And all these things we sometimes are not. And yet you have given us a beautiful picture of what it looks like to be this way through your Son, Jesus Christ. We understand, Lord, that you have called us into sanctification. You've called us into being holy and being more like Christ every day. Lord, please be expedient in conforming us to your Son's image, that we may be righteous, that we may be holy in your sight. May we be pleasing to you today. May our minds and our hearts be unified with yours in everything we do. May we carry you with us all day long. Lord, please help us to establish a closeness that cannot be so easily broken. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you shall reverence his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols, or make for yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. Now when you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it, and the next day. But what remains until the third day shall be burned with fire. So if it is eaten at all on the third day, it is an offense. It will not be accepted. Everyone who eats it will bear his iniquity, for he has profaned the holy thing of the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from his people. Now when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, nor shall you glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the needy and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, so as to profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor, nor rob him. The wages of a hired man are not to remain with you all night until morning. You shall not curse a deaf man, nor place a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. You shall not go about as a slanderer among your people, and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. You may surely reprove your neighbor, but you shall not incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord.
You are to keep my statutes. You shall not breed together two kinds of your cattle. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor wear a garment upon you of two kinds of material mixed together. Now if a man lies carnally with a woman who is a slave acquired for another man, but has in no way been redeemed nor given her freedom, there shall be punishment. They shall not, however, be put to death, because she was not free. He shall bring his guilt offering to the Lord to the doorway of the tent of meeting, a ram for a guilt offering. The priest shall also make atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering before the Lord for his sin which he has committed, and the sin which he has committed will be forgiven him. When you enter the land and plant all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count their fruit as forbidden. Three years it shall be forbidden to you. It shall not be eaten. But in the fourth year, all its fruit shall be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. In the fifth year, you are to eat of its fruit, that its yield may increase for you. I am the Lord your God. You shall not eat anything with the blood, nor practice divination or soothsaying. You shall not round off the side growth of your heads, nor harm the edges of your beard. You shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead, nor make any tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Do not profane your daughter by making her a harlot, so that the land will not fall to harlotry, and the land become full of lewdness. You shall keep my Sabbaths, and revere my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not turn to mediums or spiritists. Do not seek them out to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. You shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. When a stranger resides with you in your land, you shall do him no wrong. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. You shall do no wrong in judgment, in measurement of weight or capacity. You shall have just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just Hin, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt. You shall thus observe all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them. I am the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also say to the sons of Israel, Any man from the sons of Israel or from the aliens sojourning in Israel who gives any of his offspring to Molech shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will also set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people, because he has given some of his offspring to Molech, so as to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. If the people of the land, however, shall ever disregard that man 
when he gives any of his offspring to Molech, so as to not put him to death? Then I myself will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut off from among their people both him and all those who play the harlot after him, by playing the harlot after Molech. As for the person who turns to mediums and to spiritists to play the harlot after them, I will also set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. You shall consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. If there is anyone who curses his father or his mother, he shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood guiltiness is upon him. If there is a man who commits adultery with another man's wife, one who commits adultery with his friend's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. If there is a man who lies with his father's wife, he has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. If there is a man who lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed incest. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. If there is a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. If there is a man who marries a woman and her mother, it is immorality. Both he and they shall be burned with fire, so that there will be no immorality in your midst. If there is a man who lies with an animal, he shall surely be put to death. You shall also kill the animal. If there is a woman who approaches any animal to mate with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. If there is a man who takes his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, so that he sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a disgrace, and they shall be cut off in the sight of the sons of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. He bears his guilt. If there is a man who lies with a menstruous woman and uncovers her nakedness, he has laid bare her flow, and she has exposed the flow of her blood. Thus both of them shall be cut off from among their people. You shall also not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister or of your father's sister. For such a one has made naked his blood relative. They will bear their guilt. If there is a man who lies with his uncle's wife, he has uncovered his uncle's nakedness. They will bear their sin. They will die childless. If there is a man who takes his brother's wife, it is abhorrent. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They will be childless. You are therefore to keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them, so that the land to which I am bringing you to live 
will not spew you out. Moreover, you shall not follow the customs of the nation which I will drive out before you. For they did all these things, and therefore I have abhorred them. Hence I have said to you, You are to possess their land, and I myself will give it to you to possess it, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has separated you from the peoples. You are therefore to make a distinction between the clean animal and the unclean, and between the unclean bird and the clean. And you shall not make yourselves detestable by animal or by bird or by anything that creeps on the ground, which I have separated for you as unclean. Thus you are to be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the people to be mine. Now a man or a woman who is a medium or a spiritist shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, No one shall defile himself for a dead person among his people, except for his relatives who are nearest to him, his mother and his father and his son and his daughter and his brother, also for his virgin sister who is near to him because she has had no husband. For her he may defile himself. He shall not defile himself as a relative by marriage among his people, and so profane himself. They shall not make any baldness on their heads, nor shave off the edges of their beards, nor make any cuts in their flesh. They shall be holy to their God, and not profane the name of their God. For they present the offerings by fire to the Lord, the food of their God, so they shall be holy. They shall not take a woman who is profaned by harlotry, nor shall they take a woman divorced from her husband, for he is holy to his God. You shall consecrate him, therefore, for he offers the food of your God. He shall be holy to you, for I, the Lord, who sanctifies you, am holy. Also, the daughter of any priest, if she profanes herself by harlotry, she profanes her father. She shall be burned with fire. The priest who is the highest among his brothers, on whose head the anointing oil has been poured, and who has been consecrated to wear the garments, shall not uncover his head nor tear his clothes, nor shall he approach any dead person nor defile himself, even for his father or his mother. Nor shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God. For the consecration of the anointing oil of his God is on him. I am the Lord. He shall take a wife in her virginity, a widow or a divorced woman, or one who is profaned by harlotry. These he may not take but rather he is to marry a virgin of his own people, so that he will not profane his offspring among his people. For I am the Lord who sanctifies him. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, saying, 
No man of your offspring throughout your generations who has a defect shall approach to offer the food of his God. For no one who has a defect shall approach, a blind man or a lame man, or he who has a disfigured face, or any deformed limb, or a man who has a broken foot or broken hand, or a hunchback or a dwarf, or one who has a defect in his eye, or eczema, or scabs, or crushed testicles. No man among the descendants of Aaron, the priest, who has a defect, is to come near to offer the Lord's offering by fire. Since he has a defect, he shall not come near to offer the food of his God. He may eat the food of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy. Only he shall not go into the veil, or come near the altar, because he has a defect, so that he will not profane my sanctuaries. For I am the Lord who sanctifies them. So Moses spoke to Aaron, and to his sons, and to all the sons of Israel. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell Aaron and his sons to be careful with the holy gifts to the sons of Israel, which they dedicate to me, so as to not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Say to them, If any man among all your descendants throughout your generations approaches the holy gifts which the sons of Israel dedicate to the Lord, while he has an uncleanness, that person shall be cut off from before me. I am the Lord. No man of the descendants of Aaron, who is a leper or who has a discharge, may eat of the holy gifts until he is clean. And if one touches anything made unclean by a corpse, or if a man has a seminal emission, or if a man touches any teeming things by which he is made unclean, or any man by whom he is made unclean, whatever his uncleanness, a person who touches any such shall be unclean until evening, and shall not eat of the holy gifts unless he has bathed his body in water. But when the sun sets, he will be clean, and afterward he shall eat of the holy gifts, for it is his food. He shall not eat an animal which dies or is torn by beasts, becoming unclean by it. I am the Lord. They shall therefore keep my charge, so that they will not bear sin because of it, and die thereby because they profane it. I am the Lord who sanctifies them. No layman, however, is to eat the holy gift. A sojourner with the priest, or a hired man, shall not eat of the holy gift. But if the priest buys a slave as his property with his money, that one may eat of it. And those who are born in his house may eat of his food. If a priest's daughter is married to a layman, she shall not eat of the offering of the gifts. But if a priest's daughter becomes a widow or divorced, and has no child, and returns to her father's house as in her youth, she shall eat of her father's food, but no layman shall eat of it. But if a man eats a holy gift unintentionally, then he shall add to it a fifth of it, and shall give the holy gift to the priest. 
They shall not profane the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they offer to the Lord, and so cause them to bear punishment for guilt by eating their holy gifts. For I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons and to all the sons of Israel, and say to them, Any man of the house of Israel, or of the aliens in Israel, who presents his offering, whether it is any of their votive or any of their freewill offerings, which they present to the Lord for a burnt offering, for you to be accepted, it must be a male without defect from the cattle, the sheep, or the goats. Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer, for it will not be accepted for you. When a man offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord to fulfill a special vow or for a free will offering of the herd or of the flock, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or fractured or maimed or having a running sore or eczema or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord nor make of them an offering by fire on the altar to the Lord. In respect to an ox or a lamb, which has an overgrown or stunted member, you may present it for a freewill offering, but for a vow it will not be accepted. Anything also with its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut, you shall not offer to the Lord or sacrifice in your land nor shall you accept any such from the hand of a foreigner for offering as the food of your God. For their corruption is in them. They have a defect. They shall not be accepted for you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When an ox or a sheep or a goat is born, it shall remain seven days with its mother, and from the eighth day on, it shall be accepted as a sacrifice of an offering by fire to the Lord. But, whether it is an ox or a sheep, you shall not kill both it and its young in one day. When you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. Psalm 28, a psalm of David. To you, O Lord, I call. My rock, do not be deaf to me. For if you are silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry out to you for help. When I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked and with those who work iniquity, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Requite them 
according to their work and according to the evil of their practices. Requite them according to the deeds of their hands. Repay them their recompense. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord, nor the deeds of his hands. He will tear them down and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart exults, and with my song I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength, and he is a saving defense to his anointed. Save your people, and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd also, and carry them forever. Let's examine Leviticus a bit more carefully today, and let's see what we notice here. Now, a chunk of what we read has probably already been said before in Exodus or earlier in Leviticus. Some of it is repeated by God. And what we have to remember about God's word repeating itself is that it's for a reason. God does not waste his time and repeat himself for no purpose. He does it because he wants us to understand how serious this is for him. That's why often at the end of these commands that he gives, he says, I am the Lord, or I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who makes you holy. He is reminding us that this is a serious command. He is using his authority as God of the universe to institute this law. So we must pay special attention to these laws in which God is giving to the people of Israel, because a lot of them apply to us today as well. There is a specific way we are to handle daily life with fellow believers and with the outside world. And that's what we see here in chapter 19. General daily living as a holy one of God. We are to be holy because he is holy. And therefore, we are to demonstrate love for people. And we are to demonstrate respect and admiration of our God. And the best way to show our love for God is through obedience. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Now in verse 9, it talks about not cutting the corners of the field. This is one that has already been mentioned before. But it's worth noting that there are a couple of people in history that benefited from this. The most famous one is Ruth. She was one of those people who went into the field of Boaz, and she was one of those ones that would follow behind the guys who were cutting down the barley harvest. And anything that fell to the ground, she was able to glean and take for herself. That's a direct application of this law, because it helps those that are less fortunate. But there's also some ecological benefits as well, because if you don't cut the corners of the land, then it will also prevent erosion by wind or by water, and it will preserve the nutrients that are in the soil. So there are some other applications to this law in which God is giving them for a reason. Not just because he's super picky, but there is a real reason. God created everything, so he, better than anyone, knows how things work and how it benefits the people. 
So when we see things like this that may not make sense at the surface level, we need to dig a little deeper. Why does God say this? Why is this so important to him? Maybe there's a benefit to it that we just don't understand. So I challenge you to see it like that as we go through these. There are several laws that we are seeing in chapter 19 leading up to the final all-encompassing statement in verse 18. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is what Jesus will later on say is the second most commandment in the Bible. The first one being love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, but the second is like it. It is to love your neighbor as yourself. So how is loving your neighbor like loving your God? It is a very selfless act, isn't it? It is an act of obedience, of joy, of being a holy people. In fact, if you were to sum it down, if you loved your God perfectly and you loved people perfectly, you would be a perfect man or a perfect woman. Now, we're not capable of always being this way, and sometimes it's impossible to be perfect in this regard, but yet that is the goal. That is what God intends for us to be. And so we should make every effort to do this to the best of our abilities. Then God provides some more laws, which, again, may not make sense at first. For example, in verse 23, When you enter the land and plant all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count their fruit as forbidden. Well, why? Why does he say that it needs to be three years without harvesting, and then the fourth year is offered as praise to God, and then the fifth year you can eat it. That's a lot of time to wait for fruit. But maybe there is an ecological purpose as well. We may not know all the answers unless we were an expert in that field, but God is the expert in that field. So maybe there is a significance to this that your average person does not know. And I'd be curious to know if somebody does have the answer to that, because I find that one very interesting. It also mentions here not to eat anything with blood again, because, again, that is sacred to God. The life is in the blood. We do not practice divination or soothsaying. We don't do all that sorcery and witchcraft. Then it also says not to round off the side growth of your heads, nor harm the edges of your beard. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but the problem is the heathens, the Canaanites, did this and God is wanting them to be distinct from these people. He is wanting them to be in a class of their own, to be separated from them. And do you know what that's called? It's called being holy. That is basically what holiness is. It's cutting and separating something. So in this way, he wants them to be distinct from the Canaanites, not only in the way they act, but also in the way they appear, so that there will be no doubt who they are. Then there are other laws here about honesty, which is very important. God does not like lying. And then in chapter 20, it goes into the more heinous offenses. And again, I'm not going to go into too much detail on this, but he brings up Molech again. He talks about the killing of unborn children or of infants, once again, because it is 
highly offensive to him, and therefore it should be highly offensive to us. Just the very thought of it should make us sick. And then you will see him use some language that we need to understand properly. He will say through several different items in not only this scripture, but also in other parts of the Bible, where it'll mention that the people are playing the harlot. This is a term that he will use often in describing how we compromise our morality in order to pursue our lusts. He's basically saying that we are prostituting ourselves to this idolatry or to this evil practice. Therefore, we are giving our morality away to something that doesn't deserve it. And so when you see this language come up again, you'll know what this means now. Playing the harlot is a terrible thing. Anything that is contrary to what God has commanded is playing the harlot. It is the pursuit of something that is ungodly and unclean and impure and likely evil. Because anything apart from God's command is evil. Chapter 21 contains laws that are more like standards for the priests. There are certain things they could and could not do in order to not defile themselves and to keep themselves morally pure. And so we have things like not touching dead bodies, specifically marrying virgins rather than someone who has already belonged to somebody else. And some people might find this part of Scripture offensive as to why God would say this. But if you look at verse 16 through the end of the chapter, it talks about how specific Levites, if they have a sort of disability or a defect in them, then they were not allowed to serve in the temple itself. Now, why is that? Now, they could eat of the holy food, but they couldn't do the service like a normal priest could. Why? Just in the same way that God wants a perfect, undefiled, unblemished lamb or ram or bull, he wants an unblemished person to be the one who serves him. Now, again, it's not talking about physical. That, that's what it's saying here. But dig deeper. It's not that God hates people that are blind. He doesn't hate people that are dwarfs. He doesn't hate people who have disfigurations. That's not what he's talking about here. But again, God's standards are very high, and he desires his people to be pure. He desires his people to be holy. And he's talking about in a spiritual sense. God made you the way you are. If you are missing a limb, if you have disfigurations, you have skin problems, you have some sort of birth defect, that was intentional. Jesus said it best. The Jewish understanding for that stuff was wrong, because even his disciples said to him, Lord, this man was born blind. Who sinned, him or his parents? And what did Jesus say? He's like, no, neither of those. The reason why he was born blind is for God to use him for his glory, that he may be glorified through him. So there is a purpose for people who have those kinds of issues. But when it comes to the temple, in the same way that the sacrifices had to be perfect and unblemished, the one providing the sacrifices had to be perfect and unblemished. That was God's standard. But spiritually, 
He wants us to be the same way, no matter what we look like. We need to be pure and unblemished within ourselves. We need to not compromise with sin. We need to not try to serve two masters. He wants us to be wholly dedicated to him only. He wants us to have an undivided allegiance with him. And that's what we should be seeing, rather than calling God picky about the way somebody looks. Now, in chapter 22, it continues the laws for the priests, but then it goes into laws concerning the offerings. And much of this is the same as what we have seen so far, so there's really not much more to recap on this. But I invite you to look at some of these laws very carefully, because there is a wealth of knowledge to be had here. But the purpose of this study is just to give you an overall view of the scripture itself. I challenge you to always go in-depth into things that catch your eye, or that God is leading you to study. Because that's where the real growing goes. This is just exposure. But the maturity and the understanding and the depth of knowledge of the Bible comes through personal, independent study with just you and God. I also recommend finding a small group in your local church to have some accountability partners, as well as to find people who are also hungry to learn God's Word. That way, as Solomon put it, iron sharpens iron. People who are like-minded will grow together. That is so important, and that should never be neglected. Now, when we come to chapter 28 of the Psalms, this is a psalm where David is petitioning to the Lord to deliver him from his enemies. We've seen many of these from him, and his enemies never stop coming. And we have to understand that for ourselves as well. The Christian life is not going to always be rainbows and butterflies. There are going to be constant conflicts. There are constantly going to be people who will be against us. It's just like what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. We will be blessed if they persecute and hate us for the name of Christ. Because they don't hate us, they hate him. And so basically what it's saying is that the closer we are to God, the more that we will be like him. And the more that we are like him, the more different we will appear to the world around us. And the more different we appear to the unsaved world, the more they will hate us. They will not understand us, and they will revile us. So it comes with the territory, right? I mean, some people will chalk up David and say, well, he was a fugitive from the king, and then when he was king himself, the king always has a bunch of enemies. That's unique to him. But no, that is not the case. We will also have that to some degree. And we cannot be surprised by it either. That's why it's in the Bible. That's why it's showing it to us, because there will be times where we will be persecuted. We will be hated for what we believe. So, in light of that, we should not be surprised when it comes. So, in this case, the first half of the psalm is his petition to God because he needed deliverance. Therefore, that's why we see in the first half of this psalm that he is asking God for deliverance. But in the second half of the psalm, he is praising God because he knows that God hears him and that God is going to do something. In fact, it looks like he already did do something, and he's giving God the glory that he deserves. 
is publicly praising God for the answering of his prayers. And then he extends beyond himself and prays that God would deliver Israel as well. How often in our prayers are we praying for somebody else to be delivered and not just ourselves? That is something to insert into our prayer life if it's not already there. We should be praying for other people besides ourselves. Our scripture to memorize today is going to be Psalm chapter 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exults, and with my song I shall thank him. And with that, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.